Welcome to the Lipid Maps podcast. I'm Matthew Conroy and I'm jo- joined this morning by Dr. Maria Fedorova, who is a research group leader at the Medical Faculty of the Technical University of Dresden. Welcome, Maria, to this po- podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you for inviting me. And you've, you've only recently moved to Dresden. You were in Leipzig before. So how has that move gone? Yeah, that's true. Uh, my group have been in Leipzig for quite um, several years, and last August we moved to Dresden. So it's not a big distance to move, but like any move, and especially now in the middle of pandemic, that was a bit busy and things took a while to settle in. But I guess now we are good back on track. We just got our uh, first mass spectrometer installed just last week. So we are pretty happy about that. And um, Dresden campus is a really nice place to be for a lipid-oriented research. So it's a long history of uh, lipid research here from different areas, from biochemistry, molecular biology, but also lipidomics as well. So we are pretty happy. Excellent. Yes, moving moving at any time is complicated in a pandemic. I can't imagine yeah. <laughs> the, the added complexity that that brings. So in, in our last podcast, we, we talked with Andrea Lopez about the lipidome and the complexities of the lipidome. Um, but your research takes this one step further and you work on the epilipidome. So um, how would you define an epilipidome? Yeah, that's true. That gets more and more complex with each step. So we're really interested in this concept of epilipidome which we see as an additional layer of complexity in diversity of lipid species, because lipids, as many other biomolecules, are not uh, static. And after they are biosynthetically produced, let's say, by kind of classical biochemical pathways, they can also undergo many different modifications. And there are examples which we know already, for instance, lipid oxidation or oxygenation with the production of oxylipins, which happens at the level of uh, fatty acids, but we know also that those kind of modifications are present in complex lipids in membranes or in the neutral lipids and lipid droplets or lipoproteins. But there are also, for instance, other types of modifications which are maybe uh, more known like uh, phosphorylation with uh, phosphoinositides and uh, dephosphorylation. And there are many other to be discovered, nitration, halogenation, and so on. And the problem here is, of course, that uh, those modified lipids, when they are present in the physiological conditions, they are very low abundant, like any signaling molecules. And the main challenge is actually to find them and to detect them. Uh, using the technologies which are available to us. So we are focusing mostly on application of uh, mass spectrometry-based lipidomics to actually search, to hunt for this kind of modified lipids and to provide the identification of those species in their natural lipidomes. So hoping that uh, if we can describe this complexity at least at certain uh, level, at certain conditions, we can dig into this regulatory functions, actually what those modification means in the natural lipidome and how they influence physiology and pathology. Yes, that was um, 
My next question was going to be about the complexities of analysing the epilipidome. You've touched on that already. If they're really low abundance, just detecting these molecules is going to be a real challenge, isn't it? Exactly. This is kind of uh, analytical challenge here or paradox that uh, we know that in the current, let's say, mass spectrometry-based lipidomics, we have two main branches, right? So we have this untargeted lipidomics when we try to discover something new or to describe the lipidome at the full complexity or as much as we can. And on the other hand side, we have a targeted lipidomics, uh, which allows us to detect something very, very low abundant. But to do that, we have to know what we want to look. And uh, epilipidomics here actually comes in between because we are looking into something which is very, very low abundant. So we might want to use targeted approaches. But on the other hand side, we actually don't know exactly what we are looking for, exactly the species which we need to detect. So then we have to go for untargeted or discovery lipidomics. And I think now the main analytical challenge here is to bring these two, let's say, methodological branches uh, into one in order to discover and characterize this complex epilipidome. Yeah, so it's a real challenge analyzing. And of the modifications you mentioned, uh, I guess these are both enzymatic and non-enzymatic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They can be formed in different ways. So there are many enzymes which are responsible for synthesis of different modified lipids, again, with um, kinases, phosphatases for their phosphorylated species or uh, lipoxygenases and so on for oxygenated species. But there are, of course, uh, the ones which can be formed non-enzymatically through the uh, lipid peroxidation process which is in one hand, uh, always uh, people tend to think about that this is something totally uncontrolled, unpredictable, and actually should be disregarded. But I think that if we think about real physiological conditions, the level of this reactive oxygen species, which can induce that kind of reactions in non-enzymatic manner, they are actually tightly regulated. And uh, that means, all those modifications which are coming from non-enzymatic reactions in physiological conditions, again, uh, not so random. So there is also this kind of uh, level of regulatory complexity, again, to be discovered in this respect as well. And probably nowadays that actually comes pretty much into the attention with this new concept of ferroptotic cell deaths, probably heard about that, where lipid peroxidation taken like the main, uh, let's say, central role in the execution of this kind of cell death program. Yes, that's a big, um, certainly a big area of research. And adds even more to the complexity of the epilipidome when you start looking at the regulation, uh, the, both the formation and the regulation of these species. It's, it's going to be a fascinating and very challenging area for the future. Yeah, that's challenging, but on the other hand side, very exciting. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and you're bringing together uh, lots of researchers um, in EpilipidNet, which you've recently set up. And I guess, could you describe that as an ohm of researchers. So the lipid ohm is all the lipids in the field and epilipid net is all the researchers in the field. 
Yeah, that's a very good <laughs> comparison, actually. Yeah, uh, EpiLipidNet is a cost action, so it's funded by the cost initiative from EU, and this is uh, a network activity, networking activity, and this is actually a very nice and uh, really great uh, network which we were able to establish over the last years. We started uh, this network in the, again in the middle of pandemic um, two years back. And since then, there were almost no possibilities actually to have any personal meetings with the researchers. But nevertheless, it worked out wonderfully because nowadays we establish a network of um, people who are interested in lipid research. It's not only about modified lipids, but also lipids in general all over the Europe, but also overseas, with, I think, now more than 300 participants. And uh, people are very actively engaging in all these different, so far, online activities and happily joining these different discussion groups and interest groups. And it's really great for me to see how from this actually defining this concept and writing different application for that together with Rosario Dominguez from University of Aveira, how it's actually now really working and how many people came together and uh, working on this different field in lipid research, lipidomics, epilipidomics and lipid biochemistry. Yes, it's been it's been useful for us here in lipid maps to engage exactly. with you in epilipid nets, and we've we found new families of lipids, challenges in lipid classification that we need to address. <laughs> so it's been yeah. really useful. So epilipid net, I guess, is um, a really great way for lipid biochemists to meet and network, um, much like there was the lipid map school in 2021, this is a really great extension from there. Exactly, yeah. So uh, we organized in 21 this uh, Lipid School with Lipid Maps. It was also quite an adventure. Again, everything was absolutely online, but uh, that was amazing turnout of participants. So we actually had uh, to do a lot of work with Caroline and well to fit into the different time zones. But I guess we had uh, around 500 registered participants for the event from all over the world. And I think more than 40 speakers. So, and that was for going for, I think, five days and like a marathon for us. But that was absolutely amazing and very rewarding. And uh, now with EpilipidNet, just in a month from now, and even shorter, we are organizing also the training school, which will be in person. Of course, we cannot accommodate 500 researchers to this event, but as a benefit, we actually will have a chance to uh, have our meeting face-to-face -face and finally have this live networking activities with the young uh, participants again from all over the world or over the Europe and a lot of invited speakers. That would be great. And are places still available for that? Can people still register? Oh no, unfortunately not. We closed the registration and we got more than I think 94 applications just for 30 places which we can support. So that was oh, quite lovely. a hard selection round. So in, I'm sorry we could not accommodate everyone who applied. Yes, but it shows how healthy the field is to be oversubscribed like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maria, it's been uh, an interesting introduction to epilipidomes 
and happy researcher, Lippy <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us in this. Yeah, thank podcast. you, Matt. It was my pleasure.